This message was shared from the pulpit at Good News Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. For more information, visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org. I'm going to ask you to take your Bibles. We are not going to go straight to prayer tonight. I think after we spend some time in God's Word, you'll understand uh, why we're changing things up a little bit uh, this evening. But have your Bibles, and tonight we're going to finish up this series that we've been in, Biblical Protocols for Prayer. This final message on the Biblical Protocols of Prayer ends a series that we began back in April. I hope these Wednesday nights have been a help to you. I stated at the outset that my desire here at Good News is that there be a culture of prayer that follows the teaching on prayer in the scriptures and then models what the early church did in the book of Acts. I think I can say truthfully that I have seen more and more of this. I hunger to see it continue where two believers will be talking about a situation, mention a prayer need, and then you'll just see them in the foyer, in the parking lot, they'll go to prayer. Let's pray. Let's pray right now. Or on the telephone. I close this series with, with mixed feelings. Why would I have mixed feelings? Well, first, while God continues to grow my own prayer life, I confess I have much work to do to have the con- consistent, spontaneous prayer life I know that God desires. So I'm confessing that to you and asking you to pray for me. I want to be consistent in my prayer life. Now, I have a prayer time every day, but it needs to be richer, deeper, and it needs to be greater fellowship with my Lord. I have a working understanding of Jesus' model prayer, but I want to master these protocols for the Master. And so I've told the Lord, I'm going back through each protocol to pray about them, pray over them. I have my study notes, but I encourage you to go back and listen to these messages. I want to encourage you to also purchase this book, Approaching God's Throne, Biblical Protocols for Prayer by Harold Vaughn. I've quoted out of it. Uh, He has much in here that I didn't use Uh, As I was studying each week, God sent my mind, my heart in other directions looking at these truths. But I would encourage you uh, to go ahead and get that book. Use that as something to help stimulate and instruct your prayer life. Pray through each chapter for yourself. Now, our private prayer life is revealed in our public and corporate praying. The way we pray publicly, if we pray publicly, and by the way, I do think that there are some who don't pray publicly because they really don't have a prayer life privately. Now, you may be uncomfortable praying publicly, and I understand that. I'm, I'm not suggesting that that's the case with everyone, but If you're used to rich seasons of prayer and private fellowship with the Lord, public prayer is is not going to be a difficulty for you. 
I don't think. Especially if you're just lost in the reality of what you're doing. The emphasis we place on corporate prayer also, what we do with other, praying with other believers, I think also reveals our own personal fellowship with God or lack thereof. It is telling what will draw a crowd at church and which services are better attended. Isn't that true? Uh, this is the first church that I've been in uh, that didn't have a Christian school. You've never heard me complain about that. But it used to really bother me. We had a full sports program, good athletes, beautiful facilities, big gym. On Friday night, Renee will tell you, I'd sit in there and the place would be packed out. Then I'd go to the pulpit Sunday morning and think, where'd everybody go? Have you ever just stopped and considered why the prayer meeting in most churches is the least attended service, if they even have a prayer meeting anymore at all? I like what Leonard Ravenhill said, and I'm going to qualify what he said, but I think it is telling. I've heard Dr. Jim Earls uh, share a version of this as well, but uh, Ravenhill said this, Sunday morning shows how popular the church is, Sunday night shows how popular the preacher is, Wednesday night shows how popular God is. I believe those who attend all three services most often have the heart for God. And I stand behind that. I realize not everybody can come to every service and there are health issues and work issues. I get all that. But, but those who strive to be at all the services, they're at the services as much as they can be. Those who won't miss a prayer meeting are revealing what they understand biblically about prayer and about fellowship with God. Uh, they're demonstrating what they understand about prayer and fellowship. I get to talk to God. I'm looking at created beings. Well, no, my mother birthed me. No, God created you. He gave you life. He created you. You get to talk to your creator. Someday we're going to look into the eyes of Jesus and he's just not your savior. Praise God, he's our savior. He made you. He made me. I get to talk to him right now. Also, those who pray, attend prayer meetings, they're revealing uh, that they understand something about prayer and power, that I am absolutely and completely dependent on God. Little prayer, Little power. Much prayer, much power. No prayer, no power. Not only should these prayer protocols impact our private praying, but I believe, and this is what we're going to focus on tonight, I believe we need to close this series by looking at prayer protocols and the prayer meeting. How should what we have been studying affect these prayer meetings. 
I want to caution us, the purpose of this series has not been to complicate our praying. I, I don't want anybody to leave here and say, wow, well, I don't know if I, if I should pray because there's just a whole lot. Stop. Be a student of God's word. Uh, and what you learn, take to the Lord and apply it to your praying. All right? But it's not complicated. You have a father in heaven. He wants to hear from you as child. You don't have to be a Bible scholar to pray. However, we must be thinking about God's prescription for prayer and follow his guidance as we talk to him. Every time I pray to the Lord, I should be thinking biblically. I must be because he has prescribed how I'm to go into his presence. The prayer protocols will also protect us from those things that hinder prayer meetings, corporate prayer. Now, what do I mean? What kinds of things can hinder our prayer meetings? And this is why I wanted to discuss this with you tonight. Look at some principles together before then we go to prayer. Tonight we're going to divide up. We're going to uh, get in small groups. But, but, but as we're praying in those groups, I hope this will impact our praying along with the things that we've learned through this series. So what do I mean? First of all, prayer meetings should not be problem-centered. We heard an excellent challenge this past Monday. Uh, a fellowshipping pastor down in North Carolina spoke to us. Would you take your Bibles and go to Psalm 100 and look at verse 4. He was in this text. Psalm 100 and verse 4. By the way, that preacher reminded us, going back to verse 3 here, Know ye that the Lord, He is God. Speaking about Romans 1, we need to believe that he is God and he is a rewarder to them that diligently seek him. He is God and God is good. But notice how we should enter into his gates, verse 4, with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise, be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. He's good. But the emphasis throughout the Psalms is... When you go into his presence, exalt God. Many prayer meetings are problem and people-centered and not God-centered. We've got to be careful not to fall into that trap here. Many times the praying in, in what we would call prayer meetings revolves primarily around people's difficulties and problems. Aunt Susie's toe fungus, safe travel for a third cousin 10 states away. Now, I'm not trying to be silly, but sometimes it, it devolves into that. This kind of praying may betray the fact we really can't think of anything substantive to talk to God about. I remember many years ago, when I was new in, in the Lord and it was time to pray, I was thinking, what am I going to say? What do, I, what do I talk about? You know, what do I talk to God about? 
A uh, deluge of people's problems can also be overwhelming if the emphasis is not made to praise God and talk to him about the spiritual things that have eternal consequence. How much of our praying corporately really revolves around spiritual, eternal matters and then just physical things? Now, yes... The Bible does tell us, so please understand, Galatians 6.2, bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. I can't bear others' burdens unless I'm praying for them. But prayer meetings should be primarily praise meetings about what matters eternally. In the end, such prayer meetings will impact life and not exhaust us. Now, I help prepare the prayer sheet every week, and I'll tell you, sometimes it's exhausting. There's just so much to pray about and, and we see God answer and somebody gets well and then somebody else has a, has a great need. So I'm not suggesting we shouldn't pray about those things, uh, but first of all, we even before you get to those things, first exalt your God, talk about his greatness, and it will encourage you as you pray for those other things. So prayer meetings should not uh, be... Problem-centered, people-centered. Secondly, prayer meetings should not be vague. James reminds us that we have not because we ask not. Imagine one of your children coming to you and asking. All right, so I mentioned Brother Fultz earlier. Imagine one of the Fultz children coming and saying, Dad, will you bless me? Dad, will you be there for me? Will you help me have a good day? No. Do we ever talk to our Father in heaven that way? How about this one? God help the missionaries. I'm glad we read these prayer letters because we're praying specifically. Lord, we... Help, help the missionaries. How, how about this one? Lord, will you be with the missionaries? Do I even need to pray that? He said in relation directly to the Great Commission, and behold, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I'm with you to the end of this age. Lord, be with the missionaries. I don't need to pray that. What do we really even mean when we say that? Instead, here's what we find in Scripture. The 222 prayers in the Bible are specific, pointed, dogmatic, urgent. Do you think the night that Peter, and we're coming up to this in the book of Acts, the night that Peter was in prison, and in light of what we just saw Sunday night, this time Peter is chained between two guards. We don't know who let this bunch out the last time, but he's not getting away this time. He's chained in there, and the Bible tells us that the saints are praying at the home uh, of John Mark, his mother's home. Do you think they were saying, Lord, would you just be with Peter? Lord, comfort Peter. Lord, they just killed John. Peter's next. 
Lord, please miraculously deliver Peter. They were urgent. They were specific. And they were human because when the Lord did and he knocks on the doors, ah, we say, there's a ghost at the door. Okay, well, that's, we all can relate with that, right? All right, but don't be vague. So our prayer meetings should not be problem-centered or vague. Here's a third truth to consider about our prayer meetings. Prayer meetings should not lack expectancy. Hebrews tells us that faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Think about those two words, substance and evidence. You know what that is? That's tangible. Substance. Evidence. So I'm putting my faith not in something that's just out there. No, I'm standing on solid ground, God's word. So I should pray with expectancy. Do you know when we pray in the will of God, we can expect substance, answers, based on the evidence that God has given us in his promises? When we pray, we do, uh, when we pray do we really expect answers? Do you expect answers, or are you just hoping something will happen? I appreciate what Harold Vaughn said. We are commanded to pray, thy will be done, but these words should never be used as an escape clause to lessen the blow if nothing happens. Lord, this one's a tough one, and, and so here's what I'm asking, but thy will be done. If you choose to do nothing, well, that's, that's not on me. I don't think he wants us praying that way. That's not the attitude he wants. He spoke, we, we pray to him, and we saw this when we were going through some specific instruction on corporate prayer, Matthew 18, agreeing together. And what did the Lord say? When you agree together on earth, it's bound in heaven. When you agree to lose something on earth, it's loosed in heaven. Was Jesus just using flowery language? No, that's what he expects to do. And that's what we should expect him to do. But what does the Lord say? You're not going to see answers if you don't believe me. Trust me. Believe me. Can I say something that may shock you? Do you know this is why many Christians really don't come to prayer meeting? They are unbelieving believers who really don't think prayer matters that much anyway. We're supposed to do it, but, you know, does it really make a difference? They don't see answers to prayer privately, they consider it a waste of time then if they pray with their church family. Let's just be honest. When's the last time you saw God answer a prayer? Why or why not? James 1, 6 and 7. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. 
For he that wavers is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything from the Lord. Sounds like he wants to answer, but don't waver. Don't doubt. Now, there is that human side again. And I love the prayer of the man whose child was was uh, ill and he brought the child to Jesus and, he, and G- Jesus said, do you believe? He said, Lord, I believe. Help thou mine. Pray that to God. Go ahead and pray that to God, but believe him. Believe him. So prayer meetings should not lack expectancy. I love when I hear God's people pray, Lord, thank you for what you are going to do. What then is needed for a prayer meeting to glorify God and reap the fruit of needed answer prayer? How can our prayer meetings be strengthened here at Good News? Well, we need to follow these prayer protocols delineated in the Bible. And our prayer meetings here, which by the way are a blessing. I love to hear you pray. And and for a church our size This is such an encouragement to see so many of you. Now, I wish you'd sit closer to the front, but that's another whole matter, okay? I used mouthwash tonight. I try to do that on a regular basis. Anyway, all right. But our prayer meetings are a blessing. But let me remind you what always must be true. First of all, they need to be God-focused. Our Father, which art in heaven... Hallowed be thy name. God-focused. I love the prayers of Moses. Lord, if you wiped out all these complainers, it'd make my job easier. It's not what he said. What did he say? Lord, if you do what you're talking about doing, I know you're willing to start over with me. I, I get that, but Lord... What are your enemies going to say if you do this? Now, did God know what Moses was going to say? Did God already know what he was going to do? Of course he did. But Moses praying was God-focused. Secondly, Scripture-driven. Using the Lord's model prayer, the protocol teachings throughout the Scripture, claiming the promises of God. I, I sometimes we use these expressions that and, and it it bothers me what people say. Name it, claim it. I understand why they're critical, but the Lord did say, if you have a need, name it, and then claim my promises. So we've got we've got to be careful there. It need, our praying needs to be scripture driven. How we are when we come to the Lord, are we right? Are we clean? Uh, and then is our praying driven by the word. Third, our praying here corporately needs to be spirit-led. I've tried to emphasize that with us. The Lord says he'll guide us into all truth, and that truth does include the truth that must guide our praying. The fact that the Holy Spirit needs to guide if we pray, how we pray, what we pray for. It needs to be spirit-led. 
By the way, he wants to lead you. Okay? God-focused, scripture-driven, spirit-led, and then finally, faith-filled. We just talked about that. Faith-filled praying anticipates God's response to his promises and thanks him in advance. All right, so let's close. United prayer makes the church, including this one, more like the church in Acts than hardly anything else I can think of. I want us to have a soul-winning church. We should all be yearning for that, hungering for that. But do you know what's going to have to come before we're a soul-winning church? We're a praying church. That It doesn't matter what is coming, an election, an outreach event, and so on and so on and so on, that that thing, whatever it is, is bathed in prayer. The prayer protocols that we've studied will strengthen our corporate prayer, our private praying, while growing everything in our lives that matters for eternity. The Lord has taught us to pray. May we enter his presence as he has prescribed. God make us a praying people. Father, now thank you for these truths. Thank you for this series we've been able to work through. And Lord, just for your clear uh, teaching in your word. Uh, Lord, would you help us now as we go to prayer that it would be God-centered, full of faith, spirit-led. And Lord, we know if we pray according to your will, we have the petitions that we've asked, not, not for our benefit only, though you long to benefit us, but Lord, fruit that will abound to your glory. So bless our time in prayer. Help it to be biblical. We ask these things now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you have questions about your relationship with God or you would like to know more about the ministry of Good News Baptist Church, you can visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org or call us at 757-488-3241. We trust your heart was challenged as you listened, and we want to encourage you to share this message with others. May the truth of God's word be your guide as you strive to follow Christ and make him known to others.